Welcome to Fusion Live, a podcast ministry from young adults to young adults searching for people to connect with and a purpose to live out. We're coming to you from Christian Assembly Church in Eagle Rock, California, and we're excited that you've decided to take this journey with us. Welcome Fusion Live. Welcome guys to another episode of The Daily Bread. We are in Nehemiah chapter 11 this morning. We are super excited about it. Um, we got a lot of cool things to talk about this morning on the podcast. I'm joined by Lindsay and Menachi. Say good morning, you guys. Good morning. Good morning. <laughs> and again, like I said, we are super excited to uh, be on today's episode for Nehemiah chapter 11. Manakshi, do you want to give us a recap of what Nehemiah chapter 11 is about? Yes, I would love to give us a recap about this chapter. Um, so Nehemiah chapter 11 is all about these new residents that are now going to be living in Jerusalem. So the wall is built. Um things are established people you know gatekeepers musicians the people are kind of understanding their roles um but because it's been so long since this wall has been uh rebuilt and kind of this city being a holy city being able to flourish hasn't really happened in in quite some time and um from the visual aspect of it it's kind of deserted um based on the exiles and now coming back it's a much smaller there's still a lot of people but it's a much smaller group of people that have come back um post-exile and so nehemiah establishes these residents that are now going to be living in jerusalem and the way that these people are kind of decided upon to who's going to be living in the holy city itself is by casting lots it's it's a one in ten kind of ratio so for every ten people one person gets chosen to uh kind of live in the in the holy city in the capital itself and most of them if not all of them are leaders that uh take this volunteered position to live in the holy city and everybody else in this chapter that we read about um all the descendants are living in the surrounding um smaller cities uh but the the main hub the the holy city has these leaders and um these people who are going to have to kind of rebuild their lives in the holy city itself and it's a big deal it's a lot that we're going to be able to unpack when it comes to walking out in faith and whatnot. So we read about these um, uh, these people being chosen to live in the Holy City, and then we get a rundown of some genealogy yet again of these descendants of Judah and Benjamin and, and from the priests and from the Levites, the gatekeepers, and really just a rundown of who all these people are, who all the leaders are, how many um, fall under their, their tribe or, or where they're from. Um, and just to kind of give us a visual of the fact that it's a lot of people, or at least what seems like a lot of people to us and how we read scripture. But at that point, or at this point in time, it wasn't a lot compared to um, p- uh, pre-exile. And so there's a, a need to rebuild and a need to um, kind of bring this holy city back to uh, continuously being on honoring to God and how um, we're going to keep reading about that. So hopefully that makes sense about what yeah. this question is about. No, I- I think it's so important to see that because like the story of Nehemiah, we, when we think about it, it's about building the wall and the wall is built, mm-hmm. but it continues on. And we see that he is now like, I, I didn't just build this wall for no reason. Like people need to live in here. We need to build up the city. It's actually about people. It's not about a wall. Yeah. But like you were sharing there, there's three tiers as far as I understand of like 
how Nehemiah tries to fill the city. And it starts in verse one when he says the leaders of the people settled in Jerusalem. So it's my understanding that the, all the leaders settled yeah. in the city, like led by example. Like we can't mm. ask you to come and live in the city unless we're living in the city. Yeah. And so the leaders all moved to the city. And then the next phase was people who volunteered. Okay. And so there, there is a, a group of people who just said, I'm willing to leave everything and go on and be a part of this rebuild and to move to the city. And they're moving into rubble and there's no sewage, there's no buildings, there's no houses. They're leaving everything they've already established with their families and saying, no, I'll start over in this city. And so it says, I think in verse two, that the people commended those who volunteered. Yeah. Like the ones who were just willing to just do this big thing. And then the third round is where the drawing of lots comes in and, and this commitment to say, we are the people. And so one in 10 will go. So everybody write your names down because we need people in the city. And the only way we know how to do this that's fair is to draw and to say Interesting. one in 10 can come in. And oh. so it's, I just love it. It's, it's not, it's such a good chapter to me because you could unpack this for an hour about leadership and yeah. what it means to to say, I'm not going to ask you to, to relocate and leave everything unless I do the same. So come follow me, do it with me. I will be with you in this mess. So come on, let's do this thing together. Like, yeah. I just, I love that leadership picture. I can't help but point it out. But then I also love the, the willingness of some to say, he, I think he called it a, a pioneering spirit in one of my commentaries. Like those people, you know, those people yeah. who are yeah. like, I'm up for an adventure. I'm up for a challenge. Like yeah. sign me up. And like just how those people in this story were really important and really highlighted. Yeah. I love that. Cause now, now that you mention it in that way, uh, and thanks for the, the phases, I think that's really helpful. Um, it really goes back, it goes back again to how Nehemiah is a leader because we've read in previous chapters that, you know, with the building of the wall, he didn't just dictate from up above and say, you do this, you do this. He was in it with them. He built the wall with these people and they've seen that kind of leadership being displayed where he's in it with them. And now these leaders who have over time kind of developed that leadership skill and, and, and being able to kind of be overseeing certain areas, even maybe that Nehemiah asked them to be over. Um, that same quality and characteristic is now translated into these other leaders by saying like, I'm going to live in the holy city. Like I'm going to be in the trench as well. So like we see it kind of trickle down from Nehemiah and the way he led the people. And now these other leaders who are doing the same for um, the residents and kind of that same characteristic jump of I'm doing it with you like we're doing it together kind of thing and they rebuild jerusalem that way right the, i mean the big takeaway of this of nehemiah is like he did an incredible thing the lord asked him to do yeah totally like, and we've gone on this journey with him but in the end he repopulates jerusalem and rebuilds the entire city yeah he doesn't but his his leadership his involvement of all the people yeah and his like example like you're saying made a way for this massive life-changing thing to happen. Yeah. And we get and, to kind of tear it apart and be like, what are the steps he did? 
Right. And most importantly, like, yes, all of that, but his willingness to listen to God and serve God and be obedient to what God was calling him to, maybe without even knowing all of the steps that were going to take place, you know, because when we first read about Nehemiah, I'm assuming it's probably chapters like one to three or something. Um, all we knew at first, if you've like never read Nehemiah before, was that he was uh, his purpose was to rebuild like the wall. But as he's been obedient to that, God has continuously revealed like the next steps of how the city is being rebuilt. So it's trickled down into appointing people. It's trickled down into, you know, homes, the the new residents locating and like it didn't just stop at the wall. You know, it like kept going because of his obedience and willingness to keep saying yes. And um, that's a testimony for us today, too. Absolutely. And I just I love this chapter because it just shows like that when God calls us, like he always calls us out of our our norm, always calls us out of our comfort zone. And um, and Nehemiah is a great example. Uh, we, we learn in chapter one just to kind of ride your your tailwind, Menachi, because in chapter one, we learn about Nehemiah that, yes, God put this vision on his heart to rebuild the walls. But we also learned that Nehemiah was the cupbearer to, to the king, um, to a king. And so, like, Nehemiah could have made the excuse, like, nah, I have my life set up already. Like, I'm the cupbearer to this king. Like, I'm making X amount of dollars. Like, I don't have to leave my home, my comfort zone to go rebuild, like, a city that's in shambles, right? But, um, and I just kind of, I just love that. Like, I love how I, I, I see this. And, um, and I love how when we read about, all the people that uh all these people that literally took time um to like literally leave their homes and to just focus on building the walls uh it's just super encouraging to like uh witness that um and yeah and i just think of and i can't think of a time that where god uh has called someone and it, it had it didn't cost them anything like i i, I can't think of anyone like uh, we look at the disciples in, in the New Testament, G they got called out of their own hometowns to come follow this man that they felt called to, right? So, uh, so yeah, that's, that's one of my favorite things in this chapter. That's awesome. Yeah, it's pretty powerful to uh, read about these leaders and even the volunteers who decided to leave, um, you know, maybe their immediate immediate family being like their siblings and it was just the the mom the dad and the kids and you know they're and they're taking that step into the holy city and being able to do that without anything being known as far as like how they would have to rebuild their business or where their home's going to be or um just the challenge of the change that's coming um but still being willing to like step out in faith and full faith of not having all the answers but trusting in what god is doing in that and I don't know about y'all, but I for sure need to focus on that or like be praying about that in my own life too. No, my commentary talks about like the people that, that relocated to the city. One of the big shifts was like, they were probably gonna have to change their career paths. Mm, like, wow. That like, maybe you were a sheep farmer, but when you get in the city, we need a blacksmith. Like wow. they talked about like, like so much of this was like pioneering was like doing what's needed. Like we're all going to be in it together. And so I just love that picture. And there's a, a reference to Zechariah. He was the prophet that came to the people in this time. And when we're reading through his story, this is where he is. He comes into this situation. And one of the things he says in Zechariah 4 verse 10 is, 
For who has despised the days of small things? Because these people are are leaving everything like Hiro is hit on with Manakshi saying like they're doing this hard thing. They're they're moving in and they're it's going to be tedious small things. Like we actually need to put in the sewer system. And that's what you're going to do for the next 10 to 15 years. Wow. And then we really need to build the walls of the doors and the houses and like this idea that that they were willing to be a part of God's plan, God's vision, God's holy city. They were like generations were going to be spent rebuilding and who like Zachariah's words to encourage them of like, no, who's, who has, who's despised small things? The Lord is asking you to do these things and the people commend you and the leaders are with you. And I just, it's such a kingdom picture mm-hmm. of like life together of what it takes and different people laying down a lot to see yeah. something come to life. Yeah. Is that right? like the Zachariah verse, if I'm understanding correctly, the doing the small things like from the outside could look like, what I have to build a sewage system? Like what does that have anything to do with God's kingdom? But the bigger picture is that you're br- it, like that as an example is bringing community like together because of the larger picture of, well, the city needs a sewage system. Like you need that to survive in the city. You know, like, is it, is Zachariah like talking on that level of like these small things, although they don't seem significant really are in the bigger picture of God's kingdom. Yeah. That's how I interpret it. And, and my understanding of like how God calls us to do things that sometimes we think they aren't big or we think like, why would God call me to serve in that restaurant? and work, you know, 40 hours a week making French fries, like that there is purpose in the small things. And when Mm -hmm. you're there, maybe you meet someone and you share your testimony and their life comes to know the Lord. Like there is no small things in God's kingdom when we Mm -hmm. choose to uh, be obedient and be willing. There's a huge emphasis in my mind on willingness here of like that what they had to leave, like they've lived with their families on the family farm and they've built a life and they had to leave that. Like, are you willing to come into this broken mess of a city and rebuild? And yeah, I think there's a lot of, I mean, God's doing all sorts of things in all different places, but there's this truth about like, are you willing to lay down your life for whatever it is that God's asking you or leading you towards, even if I can't see it all and I haven't figured it all out. We talk about this all the time. What was the quote? Do you guys remember that Jordan gave this morning about trusting God? Oh my gosh. Anybody got it? I should have written it down. Like, are you willing to trust God even when it's unreasonable? Oh yeah. And I, I just like went silent thinking about like, this is something I think about a lot. Like that's unreasonable. I can't do it. (laughs) Yeah. But I could. Wow. Yeah, no, I think I think we've all, we've all had moments in our lives like that, correct? Like we, like, I mean, I think I just think of one one example is like uh, when God when God calls us, right? So wh- whatever moment that was, like in our faith, where um, we knew is like, okay, God is calling me to this, and like, um, and 
I don't know. It's like, I love that quote. Like, are we willing to follow God? Like if it feels if when it's unreasonable and it's like, man, like I remember years ago before I started following Jesus, like I knew in my heart that I wanted to follow him, but I just couldn't come to terms with it in my mind. And that was like the heart, that was like the big obstacle. And, uh, and I think, um, I think like, I think in a way, like it's okay. Like, I don't know. Even even when I started following Jesus, it's it didn't make sense at the time. It really yeah. didn't. It didn't make sense to the people around me. It didn't make sense to um, it didn't make sense to myself. I'm like, why am I following this guy? But it's just in my heart. Like I just knew like I wanted him to be Lord of my life. So in a way, like I love how Jordan phrased that. But in a way, like I think that's a normal like byproduct of following Jesus. It's like uh, it's just it doesn't make sense at times. It doesn't. No, it's uh, so good. Mm-hmm. It's so true and. And to know that, though, and to continue to walk in it, I think as people shared this morning in devotions, they're all different walks of life, different places, different things. And again, they're being faced with this question, this crossroads, this will I step out in faith again? Will I step out in faith unknowingly? I thought I did that once. Do I have to do it again? (laughs) So so I think you're right. And just talking about it is so encouraging. And as we kind of wrap up this chapter, I really... I hope that you will consider the things that God might be asking you to do that are unreasonable and to look at those things and ask yourself, am I willing to lay it all down? Am I willing to go wherever God asks me to go and do whatever he asks me to do, whether it's a small thing or a big thing, that we are in this together and I can walk faithfully and I can have trust in God and I can step out and I can do things that are unreasonable for the kingdom. And I hope you can join us for our next chapter of Nehemiah. Talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to Fusion Live. If you are interested in getting connected with us, follow us on Instagram at CAFusion and DM us with any questions or Zoom information.